It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures again today with all of our listeners, and it is great for us to have this opportunity to know that you're there wanting to listen, wanting to learn more from God's Word. We consider this a great blessing to be able to be together with you each day right here in Search the Scriptures. We're thankful that God has blessed us with the opportunity and the means to be able to go forth with this particular ministry through the radio waves, reaching out to as many people as we possibly can, spreading God's word, teaching the truth, the depths and the details of what the scriptures really communicate to us and what they offer us. You know, there's so much richness in God's word. I mean, there are certainly instructions and there are certainly also corrections that are offered to us, warnings, even rebukes. But there's hope there's forgiveness offered, there's redemption, salvation, there are blessings that are there, there's direction, enlightenment, and we could go on. God has chucked so much into his word. We have such opportunity to learn, to improve our lives, and the quality of our lives certainly, but the direction of our lives, the hope that he offers us, and the ultimate fulfillment that no one outside of Christ or away from God can possibly look forward to. It's all right there for us, right there in the scriptures. So this program says, search the scriptures, and that's exactly what we do. We need to come to have faith in God, and the best way that we can do that, in fact, the only way that we can do that, is to learn God's word more fully. His word has the formula for developing faith written right therein. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. People, they don't even think about reading the Bible most of the time. Now, I'm talking about many people in general. Maybe you're an exception. Well, certainly if you're listening to this program on a regular basis, you are an exception. You're wanting to hear God's word taught more regularly in more depth, in more detail, more fully. You want to learn what those scriptures really do say. But most people, I would say, probably most people, don't even think about reading the Bible, hardly ever. They have Bibles in their home, in their possession, almost everybody does, but they don't really open it up. They don't think about the Bible. They are going on busy doing their things in life. But this life is temporary. This world is temporary. And one day, whether the Lord comes again first or whether we die before that happens, we're going to have to answer for how we have lived our lives in this world. And God has given us his guidebook, his instruction manual, so to speak, and that's the Bible, to guide us through this life and to guide us to him for eternal life with him in heaven. If we don't read the manual, (laughs) if we don't follow the book, how can we possibly hope to know the way? Do we expect to stumble onto the right path? That's foolhardy to have such an expectation. God has given us his book, the Bible, the scriptures, his word to guide us to walk with him and to live with him forever in heaven. Our prayer is that we can help you 
get to heaven, that we can help you come to God his way through Jesus Christ, his son, your Lord and Savior, whom he sent to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of your sins and mine. And as you come to believe in him as the Savior, as you come to believe in God as your creator, then you have the opportunity to learn that God wants you to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Christ, and to surrender to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on that cross is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And as you come up out of that grave of water that you're buried in in baptism, as you come up out of that, you're born again, you're made new, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're saved, you're in Christ. And then you can begin to walk that new life with your Lord, with God, and with that new hope of eternal life with him in heaven. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are indeed for you. At the end of the program, as we always do, we'll give you the information by which you can contact us and ask for a free Bible study that we always offer. It's always free. We'll take care of the postage. We send it all across the country to anybody who would like to receive it. It will teach you God's way for your life. It will teach you, right from the scriptures, how to have confidence that you will be with him forever in heaven, that you will have eternal life. Again, the study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program today, jot down that information and then follow through and contact us and ask for those materials. They can literally lead you to a changed life, a life for all of eternity. We're going to continue in our study today. We began with the last time we were together, and it is entitled, Watch Your Step. Watch Your Step. Now, we talked about how John wrote, the Apostle John, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, that the whole world lies in wickedness. That's the King James Version. Or the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's the New King James Version. The wicked one being the devil. Well, this world certainly does lie under the sway of the devil. We see evil, wickedness, sinfulness, ungodliness all around us. People exhibit it in their lives on a continual basis. And we personally and individually struggle with the devil tempting us to sin and turn away from God. We, we struggle with that. On any given day, horrible acts of wickedness are committed all around the world. Unrighteousness, evil, wickedness are all around us because... Those are the ways of this world. As John put it in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the ways of the devil have influenced the people of this world. And so John warns us in 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, to not 
ally ourselves with this world. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And then he goes on and says, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We saw in Noah's day, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, that the world had fallen into such wickedness that God destroyed the world. He destroyed mankind, except for Noah and his family. And Peter has prophesied that it's going to happen again, not with a flood this time, but with fire. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. In verse 9, Peter said, As God is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering or patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is giving us time individually through our lives, and he's giving the world time waiting until the time when he'll send his son back to bring that fiery judgment upon the world and call all to account the final day of judgment. So these are realities. We must be careful. We must watch our step to not walk in the ways of the world and thereby finding ourselves joining in its destruction. The wise man wrote in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 14, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. It might remind us of our parents. Hopefully, we had parents who tried to teach us righteous ways. I know that many youngsters do not necessarily have parents who try to be godly. They have to make it through life in spite of their parents and their wicked ways. But hopefully, your parents tried to lead you to be good children, good boys, good girls, good people, to grow up with a sense of right and wrong, with some understanding, at least, of godliness versus evil. We need to be careful that we don't walk the path of the wicked, that we do not walk in the way of evil, because there are consequences to that in this life, but also, and far worse, consequences in eternity. Heaven is real, and so is hell. Heaven is where we should want to be, a place of bliss and reward and happiness, of eternal blessing. Hell is exactly the opposite, a place of eternal condemnation and punishment. We need to stop and think about where we are right now in our lives. And even those who have become true Christians need to stop and remember what we came out of. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus along these lines in Ephesians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 1. He said, 
You he made alive. Now he's writing this to Christians. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Well, you see, the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter three and verse uh, chapter seven and I'm, I'm sorry, Romans chapter six and verse twenty-three. The wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from God. It separates us from God. Isaiah wrote about that. So Paul says, "You, who have become true Christians, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked." according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. He's talking about the devil. All of us who become Christians have to come out of sin in order to become Christians. Before we become Christians, we're walking in the ways of the wicked one, the devil, the ways of this world. But we have to repent of that and turn to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and redemption and salvation. So he says, you once walked according to the course of this world. You were part of this world. You were aligned with this world. You were following the lead of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience, the devil himself, in other words, among whom... Also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. And so Paul's saying all of us walked that pathway through life earlier in our lives before we became Christians, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's what we were, Paul said. And then in the next verse, verse 4, he begins with that wonderful word, but, which indicates transition now, a change coming. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Paul says, and it's not that God made us be saved against our will, but God in his mercy and his grace made the way for us to be saved if we will come to him through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 8, he goes on and says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We cannot save ourselves. We must turn to God for that salvation, his way through Jesus Christ. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can't earn our salvation. But God does have good works that he expects us to be involved in as his faithful followers, as people who walk with him, because the next verse says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the life of a Christian. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by 
what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. At what time, Paul? When you were walking in the ways of the world. You were without Christ. When you were living in sin, you were without Christ. Before you became Christians, you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Wow, strong statements. But that's the way of the one who is living in unrighteousness, who is not living by the teachings of God's word. And then he comes back in the next verse and says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You came to your Lord for forgiveness, for salvation, and you turned to him. God made that way. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, Paul says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now that's God's part. He sent his son as the sacrifice. Our part is to come to him for that forgiveness and for that salvation, to come to him to change our lives. In Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, yes. When we come to God, truly come to God, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we come for a changed life. We come making up our minds to, with God's help, change our lives. That's what repentance is all about. The word repent means technically a change of mind, but understood and inherent within that definition is a change of mind that leads to a change of life. So Paul tells those Ephesian Christians, you once were without Christ. You were dead in your sins, but you came to Christ. You came to Christ and now you're with God through Christ. Paul says, as we read in Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. He's talking about learning God's word there. In 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, John says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, the light simply symbolizes there righteousness, godliness, walking with God. The darkness in this particular text is talking about sinfulness, unrighteousness, ungodliness, being unfaithful to God. Now, doesn't mean that we don't believe in God, but it means that we're not being faithful to God, walking in faithfulness, walking by his way, by his teachings. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, John goes on to say, we have fellowship with one another, 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we have to make up our mind to walk in the light, to walk by the teachings of God's word, because you see, God's word sheds that light on the paths of this world, life in this world. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we have to make up our minds to walk in the light of God's word so that we can thereby come to God and then walk with God. James wrote in James chapter 1, beginning with verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, the word of God, which is able to save your souls. Now remember, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We've got to get into God's word to know how to come to salvation. He goes on, James goes on in verse 22, and he says, but... Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There are a whole lot of people who will say quickly that they believe in God, but they don't live a godly life. They don't live by God's teachings. So you see, it's not just claiming to have faith in God. It's living a life of faithfulness to God, living our faith. We must put away wickedness by receiving God's word, because that word has the teachings that are able to save our souls. As Paul put it in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the message has the power of God to lead us to salvation. We need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And oh, walking the walk requires that we watch our step. And that's what we're studying about, watching our step. Our time is up for today, so we're going to stop and park here. Have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready, and in just a moment we'll tell you how to contact us. Ask for that free Bible study. It will instruct you, it will guide you to a changed life, to eternal life with God in heaven. We hope to hear from you right away.